All right, tonight at 6 o'clock, be here at 6 o'clock tonight. We are going to continue with our prayer revival. It's powerful. It's powerful. You need prayer. Whether you, need it, whether you know it or not, you need to be here for prayer on a, on a Sunday night. Amen. You need to be here. You may tell you what it's going to take tonight, Sunday night. Can I get everybody's attention? Can everybody just, I know the kids just walked out. The kids just walked out, and it's a little crazy right now because everybody's moving around. But let me just tell you, if I could just get everyone's attention. It's very, very important. It's so, so important that you make a sacrifice. It is a sacrifice to be here. I know it is. And I almost, my, my human nature, I wanted to say, Oh, I'm just, I feel like I'm asking too much. I mean, I'm going to ask him to come back. And, and then I begin to, to be convicted. And I begin to remember as a child how I would go to church on a Sunday morning, on a Sunday night, on a Wednesday night, on a prayer, have a prayer meeting and show up to revival services. And I tell you what, I am where I am today. I am what I am today because of the foundation that was built. And I'm telling you what, I was in a service and there, I probably at times was not liking my parents as much because I had that drug problem where they were dragging me to church. I was drugged to church, but I didn't even realize what was happening. So parents, maybe you weren't raised like I was. Maybe you weren't around that. Maybe you weren't around church, 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 church. But I'm telling you what, you need now, if you weren't around it then, you need your children. You need to be the leader for your children. Why in the world would your children want to be committed to God and give their hearts to God and follow after Him if you don't do it? I don't want to follow someone who's not even a leader. So I'm telling you, it's very, very important that you make a sacrifice and let God bless your sacrifice. You know, I think about Cain and Abel. And I know I spoke about this, it seems like last Sunday. Cain and Abel, both two sacrifices offered up to God. One was honored and one was cursed. And one was not even acknowledged. Both knew what God wanted. If you read your word, he says, he said, uh, Cain, he said, you knew, you knew what I wanted. God, he sees our hearts. And so I want us all to be uh, doing our very best to make sacrifices, not only for yourself, not only for your family, but for others. So many times when I'm fasting, I feel like I really have the feeling I'm doing it for other people. I feel like, man, I'm, I feel like I need to do this because somebody somewhere is going to need something. And I feel like I've got to, to, to be the in-between, the, the, the mediator between someone else and God. Just I feel just the, the heaviness and the burden to, to pray for someone and to fast for someone. I don't even want who it is. But I feel like sometimes I'm doing it for somebody else. And uh, I know it's a benefit for me. I know it's a benefit for my family. I know it's a benefit for this church. But uh, I just want us to really take a hold of what God is doing and what he's got planned for us. Okay, let us pray right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask that you just use me, Lord. Get this message out, Lord, how you put it into my spirit. Lord, help us to receive it. Help us to pay attention, to learn. Let it be in our spirits, Lord, as we walk out of this place. Lord, let it be in our hearts and our minds. Stir us up, God. We have got to have more of you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen. I want to be stirred up. I don't want to go around every day, all week long, and just be the type of person who I'm just, just going along. I'm just coasting, just coasting along. And I want to be a person who's on fire. 
If you don't realize that you are on fire for something, you are on fire for something, there's something that has your attention. There's something that takes your attention on a daily basis. For many people, it's a cell phone. It doesn't matter where they're at. It does not matter where they're at. They're in the doctor's office. They're in the dentist's office. They're in church. They're, wherever they're at, their head is down. There's a message in that. Head down. What is, everybody, look at me real quick. Everybody look at me real quick. This, what does this look like right here when I'm walking? This looks like a person who is down and out. They're down and out. Head down all the time. I go sit in a chair. My head's down. I, I walk around. My head's down. Don't you know that the devil and the enemy loves the fact that he's got a bunch of Christians, he's got a bunch of people, a group, a body of Christ, who he is, so many of us, he's made us to where we walk around all day long with our head down because we've got it in this phone. And we can't even look up to see the goodness of God. We can't even look up to look at somebody and say, praise God, brother, how are you doing? With a smile, with a smile, getting off base, not even in the sermon. That's just, the, that's just the appetizer. Now we get to the main course. All right, if you will, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 30. And all of you have already turned there because it's on that screen. Oh, it's not there. Okay, well, it's, it's coming. It's coming. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 1 through 4. Now you've all turned there. See, this is... Now, and now, nowadays, when we say, hey, turn with me to Samuel... Used to in the old days when I was going to church, turn with me and you'd hear this all over the church. You hear those pages, you hear those church pages. Now I've lost my spot. So you'd hear all the church pages, that little ruffling. And I know we've all been there at times where we felt hopeless. God is doing a new thing though. God is doing a new thing. David doesn't even realize what's going on. So sometimes when you're in your trial and you feel like everything is lost, and just like the song we just sang right just now, where we were singing about the good part, everything is changing now. You walk into a situation like David walked in and his 600 warriors, and they were like, everything is, now everything's changed. Every, every, everything has changed. My world is shattered. Everything is lost. I don't even want to live anymore. Everything has changed. But there's something that happens when there is a brokenness and when we cry out to God. I think about Abraham when he was at the tomb of Sarah, his wife, and he wept and he cried. Joseph, we know about the story of Joseph, how Joseph, whenever he was reunited with his brothers, Joseph was a king, or he wasn't a king, but he was in high command, and Joseph was in that, that palace, and he was in an area where he had a place where he could hide, and he hid behind a curtain, I believe the Bible says, and he went back into a back place where nobody could see him, and he sobbed his eyes out. He cried and cried and cried. He was stricken with emotion, and it was, he was moved upon. So I want us to remember that, men especially. But I know we got some hard women in here too. We got some stubborn women. We got some stubborn men. And where we don't allow God to move. And every time we feel that emotion, we're like, <clears throat> that's what we do. I've just gotten to the point where I don't even care. 
I'll, I'll be preaching. Y'all have seen me do it up here. I'll be preaching. And all of a sudden, it hits me. I'm like, I just got to let it out. I got to let it out. I cannot hold a sneeze in. Why would I hold a cry in? I feel like I'm going to blow up. I have a friend of mine that I work with who has always held his sneezes in. Well, I'm going to tell you what. He doesn't do it anymore because he went, and his eye bulged out of his head, not completely out, not completely out, but it bulged out to the point where the doctor had to put it back in. So any of you who want to hold back that cry or you want to hold back that sneeze, I will tell you what, you better watch out. If it's, it's been, it's just liberating. I, you know what I should have done? I didn't, ha I wasn't even planning on talking about sneezing in my sermon. It's, I promise you, if you look all through these pages, there's nothing highlighted here that says sneezing. But I think about my sweet daughter-in-law. When my daughter-in-law was in high school, she's downstairs teaching the youth. But when she was in high school, she had this little thing that she just thought was funny. And she still has these videos. So if you're ever around Lexi, she was singing up here t today. Go to her and say, hey, Lexi, show me some of them sneezing videos you got. And it's just, every time she felt one coming on, she would get her camera out and put it in selfie mode and video. And she would video herself just, and her hair was all pretty and her makeup. And she would just, it would, and it's just sneeze after sneeze after sneeze. And, achoo, achoo. and she videoed her sneezes. It was hilarious to me. I'm like, she, she sneezes so cute. And I'm like, it was just funny to me. But I'm going to tell you what. When we are trying to hold something back that needs to come out, it can be like that gentleman who popped his eye out. I'm telling you, there is some pain that that is there if we hold something back like that. So that brokenness, it's important that we realize here, well, I want us to remember this in this story. As we go through this story, and I'm going to get to another point at the end, it's going to be great. And you're probably thinking about how in the world are we going from sneezing to have a vision of victory? Well, we're going to have a vision of victory. I promise we're going to get there. Bear with me. We're going to get there. So Joseph, he was one. We have uh, uh, Paul said, I serve the Lord with many tears. Paul said, I serve the Lord with many tears. And we all know that Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, he wept. Jesus wept. He cried out, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? Have, are we going to be lying to ourselves? We can't lie to ourselves. And we can't say to ourselves, I'm never going to feel like I'm going to give up. I'm never going to feel that. I would, Jesus, I would never give up on you. Jesus himself cried out and said, Father, Father, why have you forsaken me? So you need to know right now, we need to all know, myself included, that it is within us to quit. It is within us to cry out, Lord, save me. You have forsaken me. I loved you. I've done so much for you. Psalms 30 and 5 says this, Weeping may remain for a night, but rejoicing. And some versions say joy comes in the morning. That's Psalms 30 and 5. So the first thing that I want, four things today. So the first thing was David wept. There was a brokenness. There was a weeping. Number two, David strengthened himself in the Lord. 1 Samuel 30 and 6 says, But David found strength in the Lord his God. We're in the same chapter. This is the same, the same story here. So let me tell you, the, the verse right before that, they don't have it up. We don't have to put it up. I'll just explain the story. So there were 600 men. And as they come over the hill and they're in that, that setting and they see this and it's just destruction and it's just sadness. His own men, 
His own men wanted to stone him. Look at that. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. So his buddies, his warriors, his men, his fighters, the the ones that went into battle, and he said, men, I want you to go over here, and I want you to go over here and attack on this left side. All right, 400 of you around this side, go over here and attack on this side. They said, yes, sir, We we are your men. We are following you. We are with you. We have your back. Those same men that had his back, when they found out that you had me out in a battle, you had me out away from here, and they, they've killed all our kids. They've burned down everything. That, for all they knew, the kids and the, and the women were killed. They were dead. That's what they figured. And so immediately they turned on him, and they wanted to stone him. And in this moment, it's very important here, because if we're going to have a vision of victory, of having a vision of victory, we have to realize that there are times when everything's going to go against us. And we're not going to have anything going our way. And even the very people around us at times may come against us. And like David, they wanted to stone him. They wanted to throw rocks at him. This is not a normal way of killing someone. Okay, we're not talking about, come over here, let me just end it real quick. A stoning, we think about that. I'm going to kill you with rocks. Yeah, that's painful. That's painful to think about. And so they wanted to stone him. But in the midst of this, in the midst of this, David strengthened himself in the Lord. David, Verse 6 says, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. Look at me today. It's important. It's important. When you are in these situations that you have got to, first of all, pray. Seek the face of God. Have a moment. It's okay to weep. It's okay to to cry out. And then you're going to strengthen yourself in the Lord. How can we strengthen ourselves in the Lord? I will tell you what, we're doing it right now. I want to be strong before the battle. The battle doesn't come and the battle's not on my front doorstep and then it's all of a sudden, oh, oh, let me get ready, let me get ready. I will tell you at my house, we're ready. We're ready for World War III. (laughs) How many, well, I don't want to, I don't want to tell them, I don't want to get anybody's secrets out. I was going to say, how many guys in here, you're ready? They're like, don't ask me that, don't ask me that. I'm not ready. I'm, I'm, I'm not ready. I am ready. I'm not ready. So, I'm telling you, I, I have ways and means to take care of my family. When I'm gone away from home or I'm, I'm at work, my wife knows how to take care of herself. She's, she's ready. We have a, a, a two-story house, and when I'm gone from work, my wife, she goes upstairs, and we've got a spare bedroom up there, and she calls it the clubhouse. So I'll call her, and I'll say, where are you at? She said, well, I'm fixing to go to bed. I'm up in the clubhouse she calls it a clubhouse because it's kind of a small bedroom. It kind of has maybe a clubhouse feel to it. I don't know. Plus, when you're up on the second story, you look out the window, you see the trees. Maybe it feels like a clubhouse. She says, well, I'm up in the clubhouse. I said, are you ready to go to bed? Yeah, I got the door, I got the door shut, and I got the AR up here. <laughs> I have come home before, and uh, by the bed, I see an AR and a 9mm. So... You guys would be proud. You ought to be proud of this girl. You ought to be proud of her. Somebody just, there's some men in the, in the sanctuary today. They go, I have newfound respect for Sister Bree. That girl, 
I've actually got video of her having that AR up there, and she's like, ting, dow, dow, dow. She's got her hearing protection on, and she has to, she has to kind of get a little bit more of a wider stance. But we are doing it right now. We are praying. We are fasting. We are turning away from sin. These are the things we must do. This is what we have to do to be strong and to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. We cannot just say, I'm strong in the Lord. I'm strong in the Lord. I am. I am. I'm a Christian. I go to church. Great. Good for you. Good for you. You went to church. Did you do anything while you were there? Did you lift up the name of Jesus? Did you pray? Did you bow your knee in repentance? Did you repent? Did you say, Lord, I'm sorry. I need you, God. I've got to have you, Lord. Help me, Lord, as I turn away from sin. I can't do this anymore. I can't do it. I can't do it on my own, Lord. I've got to have you. I can't do it without you, God. I've got to have you, Lord. Or was it just a trip to church? Are you getting ready for the battle? What are you doing to prepare for the battle? I can drive from Tyler or from Rusk and I can go to Tyler and I can go into the gun stores and look around and look around. That's great. That's nice. Man, that would really look good in my hands. And I, I bet that's a, a really cool gun. And oh, look at that. It's got bullets. You, so you buy the gun. You got to buy the bullets too. That's cool. And, uh, and just look and just shop around. You've heard me say that one time in a sermon. We just shop it. But I've got to go. I've got to buy into it. I've got to make a sacrifice. I've got to pull my wallet out. And I've got to run that credit card for a gun that I feel like costs way too much. And rounds of ammo that are way too much per round. 60, 70, 80 cents a round, which may not sound like much, but when you buy as many rounds as some do. I have to be prepared, so I've got to pay the price. I've got to make that sacrifice. I've got to pay the cost. And we're going to talk about that later today, about paying the cost. But I've got, to, I've got to strengthen myself in the Lord. How am I going to strengthen myself in the Lord? I've got to do some things. I've got to do some things. There is some work that I have to do to make it to where I am strong in the Lord. I cannot just show up and just claim it. But we're doing it now. I want to encourage everyone who is in this Daniel fast. It is very important that you know that we stand with you and we are doing it with you. This is not do as I say, not as I do. Okay? We are in this with you. So I know it's tough to have bean casserole and broccoli casserole and cutting out all sugars and all dairy and all these things that we're cutting out. But we are doing it with you because you know what? I don't want to be that person who is the person who is uh, basically saying, everybody else, would y'all please do the work for me? Y'all, everybody else, y'all make the sacrifice. Y'all do the work. I want to reap the benefits. I want the benefits of a church that's vibrant, a church that somebody can get prayed for and healing happens, deliverance happens. I want to be a part of that church. I want to be in there, but I don't want to make the sacrifice myself. You do it for me. No, that will not work. It will, it will work for everybody else, but I don't want to be just skating along with them. I don't want to be just being a person that's just running alongside, running alongside. Wow, the blessings of God are on you. Wow, the blessings of God are on you. Can I have some of that? Maybe some will fall off on you. I hope it does. It fires me up. So maybe to fire you up. I like that it's hard. I, I want to show my commitment to God. You know, the, I don't want to get, you got to be careful how you think about a fast and a sacrifice. If we go into it, we're like, oh, I cannot believe it's the Daniel fast already again. It was just last week and it was a year ago. And then, 
and my wife and I, we talked about it, how we're, we immediately are like, how can I make uh, broccoli or cauliflower taste like something else? Because there's recipes out there like cauliflower mashed potatoes. No, it's not mashed potatoes. It's cauliflower mashed up with salt and pepper. And so she said, you know what, this year she said, why don't we just not even go into this like, I want to try, we're trying to make it be like our old way. See, there's a message in that. There's a message in that where you're trying to make the new thing that God wants to do. You're trying to tie it and contain it and, and make it to where it's tied to your old things and your old way. God wants to do a new thing in your life. A new thing. So this is how we go at it this year. We said, you know what? I'm not even going to pretend like it's cauliflower mashed potatoes. I'm not going to pretend like I can take a mushroom that's really big and season it up and put it on the grill and have some smoke flavor on it and say, man, it's just like a steak. <laughs> this is exactly, I could, how many of, so my son, Jaron, he put out a text to the family the other day, right after the Daniel fast started. We're like two days in, church-wide. He said, how many people are today are eating this food in this way and saying, this is not that bad. I could do this forever. This is not that bad. Yeah, that's what happens the first two days. But after about seven days in, you're like, oh, man, I, I, mean, I, just, I mean, yeah, I'm full, but, man, it just don't taste like, you know, my, my regular way of eating. You know, I like some cheese on some stuff, a little bacon. Bacon makes everything better. So I don't want to be, this year, we're, we're not taking something and trying to make it into our old way of eating. I, I'm, I said, listen, it's hard. Just go ahead and just say it. It's hard, but I like the fact that it's hard because God has done so much for me. He's done so much for me. And when I think about the goodness and all that He's done for me, it makes me want to shout, Hallelujah! It makes me want to work hard. If I could have been on the streets and seen my Savior as He was beaten down, stripes on his back and blood and a crown of thorns pressed on his head if we could have seen that if I could have been there I would have so I would have been the man that said no Jesus give me that cross let me carry it for you because I know what you're going to do for this world and you're going to save this world and you are dying for our sins we are so conceited. We are so spoiled rotten that we feel like God owes us so much. We walk around in our Under Armour and our Nike and our name brand clothes and our name brand vehicles and we've got to have the best of everything and we're so stuck up and snobby we don't even realize what we are. And we've got a Savior who walked around, he, listen, he could have chosen when to be on this earth and he could have made it any way that he wanted to make it. He could have made it to where when he came to this earth, there was electricity, Wi-Fi, cell phones that everybody's got their heads in. And he could have had all of the luxuries of life. He could have had all of that. And he could have chosen, you know what? I've seen how it is in the old day. But you know what? I'm going to come to earth. I'm going to make it to when I come to earth, there's going to be air conditioning. There's going to be all the luxuries of life. And when I have that, then, then I'm going to come to earth. But no, he chose to come to earth when he was walking around in sandals. 
He didn't have a vehicle to drive around. He got on the ship and he was on the water and there was a, there was a storm on the water and he didn't have anywhere to turn to for a weather at, or look at the weather. It was hard. And I think we need to look at the sacrifice that Jesus made for us. And how when he made his sacrifice, we are to do the same thing. We are going to pay the cost to pay the cost. Isaiah 41 and 10 says, God's, God says, in Isaiah 41 and 10, God says, Do not fear. I will strengthen you. David was fearless. He was mighty. He was a warrior who shed blood. In 1 Chronicles, we learn that David was not even allowed to build the temple because God looked at him and said, Wait a minute. You are, you're a different kind of dude. I want to have somebody else in here building this temple. He had shed that much blood. But he did it for the cause of Christ. For the cause of the Lord. David could have felt sorry for himself. He could have been fearful. I will tell you this. You'll never receive the miracle while you are in self-pity. You'll never receive the vision or the victory. Everybody look at this screen right here. What does it say? Having a vision for victory. You're not going to have a vision for victory. With being negative and fearful. I will tell you this today, fear is a dark room where you develop your negatives. Everybody look at me. I want, you, everybody, I want you everybody just to dwell on that just for a moment. Fear is a dark room where you develop your negatives. That's a good statement. I didn't make it up. I borrowed it. But I will tell you what, it is good. And when you realize... As fear is creeping in on you, fear is on you, you realize, man, I'm, I'm working myself into a dark room. And when I get in that dark room, just like the camera, we know what that, that analogy is showing. That analogy is showing us as we get in that dark room, that's where we start to develop those negatives for that camera. And those negatives, those negative thoughts, those negative things, they start to begin to work and develop and grow in that dark room. That dark room is evil. Darkness represents some evil. Numbers 11 and 5. I want to go there. Let me, let, me, let me turn there. Uh, y'all, have y'all turned there? Everyone turned? Yes. Numbers 11 and 5. This is talking about, this is the children of Israel, and they are, they are wailing, they're crying, they're calling out for meat. <sighs> Let's go back and read verse 4. I didn't put that up there. You got verse 4? We'll get to... We're still in Isaiah. All right, so... And you know what? I don't even know if I uh, gave... I might have missed this when I was texting in my notes to them uh, this morning. Numbers 11 and 4, and then we're going to read verses, uh, verse 5 as well. I'm going to go ahead and read it. Uh, begin to, they begin to crave food, and again, the Israelites started wailing and said, If only we had meat to eat. Everybody say, if only we had meat to eat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're dealing with that right now. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt at no cost. Also the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic. But it, it says, if only we had meat to eat. They were crying out 
They were aggravated. They were mad. They were looking at their situation and saying, look how pathetic we are. Look how, look how bad it is. If only we had meat to eat. They were, they were just basically whining. But look at verse 5. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt, and it says, at no cost. They're not paying attention to what's going on. It says, at no cost. They were paying a huge cost. They had paid a huge price. They didn't even realize what they were paying. So they're crying, they're crying. But these are not the same tears that I was talking about at the beginning. This is not the kind of crying that David did and his men did. This is not that kind of crying. This is the kind of crying, this is what I call faithless tears. Faithless. Not fakeless. Faith. T-H. Faithless tears. Breaking free hurt too much for them. We need to read this and look at it and know that breaking free has a price. Breaking free sometimes is going to hurt. Breaking free from some of your addictions, some of the things that you're dealing with, sometimes there's a cost, there's a price to be paid. There's a time that's got to be put in. There's a commitment that has to be put in. There's a cost that has to be paid. But breaking free to them, it hurt too much. They wanted to go back. They said, at no cost. They didn't, they didn't want to move forward. They didn't want to pay what felt like to be too much of a price when we're leaving somewhere where they, they feed us meat. We've actually got meat. We've got cucumbers and melons and leeks. Everybody, anybody ever eat a leek? No? Justin, maybe I haven't. I, I probably had one in the salad. We probably all had one in the salad. Didn't even realize it. But they were looking backwards. They were looking back. This is important that they were looking back at what they had. And they wanted to go back to that. And they were crying. They were wailing. They were looking backwards and saying, if we could just go back there because we had meat, unaware of the promise and the future that was in front of them they did not have a vision they did not have a vision for victory having a vision for victory later on I'm going to talk about it but it requires us to look in the right direction if you're going to have a vision for victory you've got to be looking in the right direction and they're looking back they're, they're, they're reminiscing don't ever get in the sense where you are reminiscing about your old self and your old ways and your, and your sin and how, how good it felt and how much fun you had. It's a lie from the devil. It's a lie from the enemy. And he is trying his best to get you back to a place where he had you. He had you locked up. You were bound up. You were in chains. Tore up from the floor up. He had you exactly where he wanted you. He had you under his arm, just like this, and he's giving you a good old middle school, back behind the playground, where the teachers can't watch Noogie. Yeah. If you didn't know what that was, when you, somebody wrapped you up in the, under their arm and, get, and just rubbed your head till it was just burning with their knuckles, this, it's a Noogie. That's what that is. And that's what the devil, literally, he, he is just absolutely wearing us out. And we're going down, 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 down. They were in slavery. 
They're making bricks every day with clay and straw, and it got so bad to where he's like, don't even give them straw anymore. I want them making perfect bricks for me and just take away the straw, but the bricks still got to be good. But they gave us meat. He whoops me extra hard out on the fi- in the field when I'm working. He's tearing me up. I'm, tr- I'm just, I'm sad. I'm defeated. But he gives me meat. But he gives, but he gives me meat. My marriage is a shamble. My marriage is a joke. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't have a marriage that's on fire, if you don't have that, you are missing out. I'm going to tell you, there's lots of things in this world to go after. But if you don't have that, men, I would encourage you, you're the leader of the home, do your part. Do your part. I see this all the time. We go out to eat. you got a man who's on his cell phone in a booth. You got a woman on the other side of the booth on her cell phone. We got men and women who sit side by side with each other and don't talk to each other, but they talk to that phone. I have actually seen it to where there are husbands and wives that text each other messages rather than talk to each other. And they're in the same room. Parents who text their children and call their children. Now listen. I can't lie in church. I have actually called upstairs to a bedroom that I can't yell through three doors to get to. And I've called Jared and said, would you get your tail down here and take this trash out? I'm tired of telling you. I have called him. But we're in the same room. I'm not going to say, I don't want to bother my son. I know he's over there watching TikTok videos. I don't want to be that dad. I don't want to come down on him. I don't want to be rough on him. I'll just message him. When you get some time, can you please with sugar on top? No, it's, hey, I'm, the, I'm liable to go over there and be like, knock it out of his hand. Get out. Come here. <laughs> I've never done that, have I? I've never done that. But I have said, all right, that's enough. Let's, it's time to roll on. Breaking free hurt too much to them. Praying daily, reading my Bible, fasting, prayer on a Sunday night. Too much of a cost. There are many in this room today that we have already made up our mind. I ain't coming to Sunday nights. Stop asking. I'm not ever coming. I'm not ever going to come because it's too much of a sacrifice and I like to stay home and sleep. Don't even ask me anymore. Please, enough with the guilt trip. It's not even for me. That's where we miss it. That's where you miss it. I'm not begging you to come up here and pray for me. I'm not begging you to come up here and pray for my family. Look, you need it for yourself. You need it for yourself. You're paying a cost by missing. When we miss church in church attendance, when we miss in paying attention to a lesson, when we, when we miss taking notes, when we miss a, a prayer meeting or, 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 or uh, any kind of get-together or a revival service, it feels good because we have free time now. But you actually are paying a cost. The children of Israel were paying a cost. They were paying a price, but, but he gives us meat. 
And the dude beside him, when he's saying, but he gives me meat. This guy beside him, he's saying, so I just can imagine this guy right here. There's a guy right here. This is my man. And he just said, but he gives me meat. And there's a guy right here who's like, man, have you looked at your back? You got whooped. You got stripes all up and down your back, man. They whooped a fire out of you the other day out there making bricks. But he gives me meat. No. There is a vision for you. There is a future for you where it involves meat. Some good meat. Meat of this word. There is a blessing. And it's not going to be coming with the, just the whips and the chains and the bondage and the slavery and being lorded over by a taskmaster, the devil. There is freedom to be had. Freedom to be had. We've got to have freedom. That's right where we should have played a video clip of that, of that freedom. I don't even remember his name. Somebody. William Wallace. Here's where many people miss it when they talk about paying the cost and, 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 and having to pay a cost and pay a price. Many people have this viewpoint. Christian, good folks, really good people. I mean, like, if you call them, they're going to be there. They are that kind of person. They are there for you. Man, I'm there for you. I've got your back. Anything you need, I'm there for you day and night. And these are good folks, really good people. They have room for God in their heart. They have plenty of room for God. I have room for God in my heart. Oh, God is in my heart so strong. It's just, oh, it's just bubbling up. It's just it's coming out of this vest. I just, oh, I'm just oozing God all over. I have so much room. I'm just full of God. I have so much room for God in my heart. But I don't really have room for God in my, in my daily lifestyle. But I'm just bubbling up with God. I'm just, I'm so full. I have room for God in my heart, but I don't have room for God in my life. Number three, David inquired of the Lord and received direction and vision. So if we go back to 1 Samuel, verse 30 and verse 8, and David inquired of the Lord. He said, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? The Lord said, pursue them. You will certainly overtake them. And succeed in the rescue. He received direction from God. At that moment, he was receiving vision. He was receiving direction. But what did he have to do? He had to inquire. He had to inquire of the Lord. We have to seek the face of God. Turn to God. Seek His face. Seek His face for vision. Seek His face for direction. What am I going to do this week? Where am I going to turn? What am I going to do? What, honey, what are we going to do? These bills are piling up. What are we going to do? Our son, our daughter, our marriage, our, the, whatever it is in your life. Have you sought the face of God? Have you sought the face of God? Have you sought Him for direction, for vision? Hebrews 13 and 5, God said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Jeremiah 29 and 11, God has plans to prosper you. Here's, here's the issue. He doesn't leave us. We leave Him. He sees our success. 
before we do. Psalms 119, 18. Open my eyes that I may see wonderful things. Wonderful things. So I'm not looking around me at, at all of the things that are, are strapping me down, holding me down. I'm in bondage. I'm in change. I, that's around me. But Lord, I want you to open up my eyes even when I'm in bondage, even when I'm in chains, even when I'm in a situation where it looks like it's all hope is lost and it's, it's hopeless. When I'm in that situation, this is what you pray. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Weep before the Lord. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Inquire of Him. Reach out to Him. Seek His face and say, Lord, open my eyes that I, may, that I might see wonderful things. Because right now what I'm seeing, Lord, it's not too good. Kind of bleak. Listen, I know that we, I'm, I'm preaching to some people who you have been there. You have gone through hell on earth. Some of, some of the stories that I know about that I'm not even going to share with you. There, are, there have been some hell on earth, hell stories that are sitting right here amongst us where it's a miracle that some of the families have held together. It's a miracle that some of the men and some of the women held on and they said, God, though you may slay me, yet will I serve you, Lord. And you don't know the kind of pain that they've gone through. And you don't realize it. And you don't feel the hurt. You don't feel the pain. You've never had it like they've had it. You've never experienced what they've had. And you don't realize how much it hurts daily for some. The loss of a loved one, every single day it hurts. You're not ever going to get over it completely. You'll never get over that loss. But they said, but it said, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things. David had vision. Number four, the last thing, number four, David had vision. How can we have the vision that David had? And this is what so many of us say, but God, I just cannot see it. I preached a sermon a few Sundays ago where I said, I, I, it was entitled, I don't get it. I don't get it, God. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. I just don't get it. Why in the world am I going through what I'm going through? And so we say that, but God, I just can't see it. The power is in the magnifying. So number four, David had a, he had a vision. And how did he have this vision? The power is in the magnification. I want everybody to look up at this screen, and I want you to see this magnifying glass I know you've already seen it what am I saying everybody's been looking at that y'all looking at that while I'm preaching so you're probably thinking how in the world does that even tie into this message I'm gonna tell you what it's because of the magnification there is power in the magnifying David magnified God David said in, when you read Psalm it's the Psalm of David David said many times stuff like this I will exalt you O Lord he said the Lord is my light and I will exalt you, O Lord. David was a man who worshipped God. He praised God. He magnified God. And that's what I want us to do all the time when we're here. Why don't we right now, we just give up a shout of praise and say, Lord, I magnify you. I magnify you, God. Hallelujah. If you're... Uh, getting baptized today I saw the water was running if you're getting baptized today I need you to go ahead and make your way around over here and prepare to be baptized we're thankful that we're just baptizing people left and right it is great so uh, 
Praise God for that. Praise team, y'all can come on up. I'm almost through. I'll get right through this and be through very shortly. Magnifying power. There's magnifying power in worship and praise. Just like this magnifying glass. When you magnify God, He magnifies your ability to see. What are we trying to see? How does God, mag- what is He magnifying? He's magnifying our ability to see His plan for me, His vision for me. So God has a plan for me. He has a vision for me. And I can't see it. And so as I magnify God, it's just like this magnifying glass. As it comes across in front of me, and all of a sudden, all of the freckles and the spots and every little blemish on your face out there, all of a sudden it comes big in my eyesight. And I say, wow, I've got vision. I can see things that I couldn't see. If you can't see the Word of God, go buy yourself a magnifying glass. I'll tell you what, when it's small and you can't look at it, you bring out that big old glass lens and that glass lens comes across and all of a sudden you get it in the right, at the right depth, in the right spot. How many of you know we got to get God in the right spot? We got to have Him right in that sweet spot and when we get Him right in the right spot, when we get Him in alignment, I can't see what I need to see. I can't see the vision for my life, the direction for my life. When all of the magnification power is over here in my right hand, behind my back, tucked up in my back pocket, I've got to get in alignment with God. I've got to bring it around and get it in my vision where I'm looking with God's eyes. And that comes around and I all, oh God, I see that you have a blessing for me. You have hope for me, plans to prosper me. You have so many great things for me, God. I see it now, God. What are you magnifying? What are you allowing to be bigger in your life? You don't realize that you are magnifying the wrong things. Cares of this world, work, play, things, stuff. I don't know why God has led us to do this, but last Sunday, last Wednesday, we have been talking about and really felt strong that we need to talk to people about the things of this world and the stuff. And I had a sermon last Sunday that was entitled, Time for Revival. That's great. Happy. It's time for revival. What does that mean? Well... I'm going to require you to put some time in for revival. Whoa, hey, it's time for revival. Time for y'all to have revival. I'm going to sit at the house. But it's, but, whoa, but it's time for revival, right? It's, you just clap with me. You were clapping with me. Y'all, y'all on board with me? It's time for revival, DC, right? You on board? Time for revival. You going to be here Sunday night? But, but you, you got my back, though. You're with me, right? You're with me. Wherever we're going, this is forward movement, continually better. Time for revival. But uh, listen, I'm going to need you here Saturday. We're going to do some stuff. Can you be here? No, see? But it's, time, but it's time for revival. Time for revival. Somebody else do the work. Full schedules with no time for God. Full schedules. But it's time for revival. But he gives me meat. God doesn't want your leftovers. God does not want your leftovers. I promise you, I promise you, you can take it to the bank, baby. If you give God your leftovers and not your first fruits of your time, your talent, and your treasure, I promise you, you're not going to get the full blessing of God. 
You're going to be in existence. You're going to be surviving. Hey, we're all surviving right now. I, can, I found out I can live on beans, baby. I can live on hummus and a little old Triscuit. Mmm, that's so good. I love it so much. And they've got so many flavors of hummus. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, and some watermelon. And it's just, I just, I'm surviving. I'm surviving. The hardness of this, the struggle of this, the sacrifice of this, I like it. I like it. I, I relish it. I actually got to the point where I'm like, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. You know what? Because I, I, I see the results of what's happening. And when you start seeing results, the pain turns into pleasure. Maybe you're not seeing the results. Maybe you don't have the pleasure. Maybe you don't have the power. Maybe you don't have the, all the things that you want in your life. It's because you're not putting in the time and the commitment and you're not going through a breaking and a time of where there's a breaking and a pain that you're going through. I relish that. It's hard and I like it. When I see those results and I see what God's doing, I'm like, bring it on, God. Bring it on. I want to sweat. I want to work hard. I want to lift the heavy weight. I want to do the set after set and work myself to failure and just work and work and work and work because I know that there's a building that happens after that. You, you, you work out. You work out. You just tear yourself down. You tear yourself down. And then you rest. Then you rest. And you bring it. And you start You start eating the meat of the word and you bring in that word and you and you bring in that nutrient that life-giving that life-giving food and all that brokenness so the very first thing I talked about was being broken and weeping before the Lord and you're broken you're like I don't want to I don't want to break my pride I don't want to give in and, and say Lord I'm sorry but with that brokenness there after that there becomes a building there begins to have a building and something grows and grows and grows. He does not want your leftovers. It's so important the direction you are looking and casting your vision. Proverbs 4 and 25 says, Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. I want to, the last thing, and I close with this, everybody stand. I want us to look at this picture that I found. And this really is a, a powerful picture here. Oh, it's behind me. It's a little bit blurry at the bottom. But it says, objects in mirror are closer than they appear. That is a rear view mirror. And if you look in the rear view mirror, we see there is a storm right behind us. There is a storm. There is a devil. There is an enemy that is after you. And if you think that you're going to be the person, you're going to be the one person in this world who can just do what you want to do and, and drive through the, the life to work your way through life and move through life and you're going to be able to put it on cruise control. You're going to be able to just pump the brakes. Oh, there's a church-wide fast? Not going to do it. I'm going to just touch the brakes a little bit right here. Oh, there, it sounds like everybody's on board for revival. Everybody's on board. I, everybody's on the gas pedal. Well, I wonder why we're on the gas pedal. Look what's behind us. My sin is behind me. Satan is behind me. My past is behind me. But guess what? It is behind me. 
So don't think for one moment you're going to be that one person who could just pull over on the side of the road. You've seen them, storm chasers. What do they do when they see this in their rearview mirror? They pull over, they stop, they get out of the car, and they're going, they're videoing, they're like, oh, this is amazing, this is amazing. And not too long ago, there were some storm chasers that were sucked up in a tornado, shot up in the air, and were all killed in a vehicle. Because they stopped, they turned around, they looked, and they dwelled on, on what was, they were seeing. So I'm telling you today, it's not time to put it in park. It's not time to get off the gas pedal. It's not time to let up. Now is the time where we cast our vision forward. We have a vision for victory. And we look straight in front of us. And we magnify God. We magnify Him in our home. We magnify Him in our cars. We magnify Him at work. We magnify Him here on a Sunday night. And we lift up the name of Jesus. We praise the name of Jesus. We bow our heads. We bow our knees. And we get on our knees and we repent. And we magnify God. And we magnify Him. And we magnify Him. We lift Him up. We praise the name of Jesus. And our vision, our direction will be clear. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Stay on the gas, people. Stay on the gas. If you've been fasting, keep fasting. If you've been praying, keep praying. Somebody looks at you, at you, I've been asking work, what are you doing? What is going on? My crew at work is like, man, every time you come to work, you're fasting. Do you ever eat? And I'm like, well, guys, it's actually easier for me to fast when I'm at work because you three or four guys can have your own meal and I can just sit out. So they're like, they're noticing. They're, and so some of them are like, why are you doing this so much? My buddy, Chris, he's like, man, everything okay? Every, you and Bree, is everything good, man? Or is, is it good? He's like, I'm like, man, Chris. I'm like, man, you don't realize what God is doing in our church. Yes, it's hard. I like it. I like it. I'm like, bring it on, God. It's hard. Yes, I'm fasting more than I've ever fasted in my life. I'm praying more than I've ever prayed in my life. Every, every moment that I get, I'm just getting into the Word of God. And I'm reading His Word. I'm not even on my phone near as much as I used to be. And I'm just, my vision has changed. It's so clear. It came in front of me. And I know it's, we're 58 minutes into this, and I apologize. Sorry, not sorry, as I always say. God's got so much for you. I, I, some of you aren't, some of you are not where others are. And I will tell you this, I, I have been where you're at. I have been where you're at. I sat in a service just like this, and I walked out, and I was not changed. I just walked out, and I was like, it's not for me, it's not time. And I, I, that hurts so bad because now on the other side, I see, I see what God did, what He wanted to do. If you could only see with God's eyes, if you could only see with that vision, if I can only get everyone to just magnify God in everything, and I promise you, 
He's going to pull you up. He's going to set you on a new path. And that storm that you see behind you is going to get smaller and smaller. And it's not going to say objects in mirror are closer than they appear. It's going to be changed. It's going to say objects in mirror are way, way further away than you even thought. And then eventually, eventually it's going to say objects in mirror. Actually, it's going to say this. What objects in mirror? I don't even see anything in the mirror. I never ever know how God is going to move and what He's going to put on my heart as I begin to preach His Word. But I tell you what, I'm, I'm grateful that, and I'm thankful. And I, 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 I give praise to God that He allowed me to have a heart that was tender and to re, really just reset my heart. Because I'd gotten so hard, man, I'd gotten really hard. I really had. I was callous. I was cold. And I'm telling you, men, if you're there, women, we're not going to leave you out. If you're there, pray to God. Say, God, I want you to just reset me. Just reset me, God. Are you all ready for this baptism? I'll, we're gonna, how many are we baptizing? Just one. Is it Donald Burnett? I saw him get up. Hunter. Hunter just had an issue the other day where he did he have his appendix out. He was at the hospital. God moved in his life and healed his body. Praise Hunter, we can all see you. We can see you. Wave at us, Hunter. Hunter, upon the confession of your faith and the obedience of the word of God, I baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. All right, hallelujah, hallelujah. Giants fall when you stand on the feet. All right, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. All right, listen, if you're here today, I don't know what in the world we're hearing back here, but you know what? I'm not going to worry about it. We're going to praise God through it. But if you're here today and you need a change in your life, if you need a change in your heart, I want you to come to the front and they're going to play. David, David Clay, go ahead and play. Let's play. And I want you to come up here and let me pray with you. Let somebody else pray with you today. Let us encourage you. Let us encourage you. We've got to have more of God. If you don't know that you need more of God and you're wondering, let me tell you right now. You need more of God. Let me say to myself, I need more of God. Be here tonight. Be here tonight. It's powerful. God is going to move. Hallelujah. God bless you.
It's not for me. It's not time. And I, I, that hurts so bad because now on the other side, I see. I see what God did, what he wanted to do. If you could only see with God's eyes, if you could only see with that vision, if I can only get everyone to just magnify God in everything, and I promise you, he's going to pull you up. He's going to set you on a new path. And that storm that you see behind you is going to get smaller and smaller. And it's not going to say objects in mirror are closer than they appear. It's going to be changed. It's going to say objects in mirror are way, way further away than you even thought. And then eventually, eventually it's going to say objects in mirror Actually, it's going to say this, what objects in mirror? I don't even see anything in the mirror. I never, ever know how God is going to move and what he's going to put on my heart as I begin to preach his word. But I tell you what, I'm, I'm grateful that, and I'm thankful. And I, 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 I give praise to God that he allowed me to have a heart that was tender and to re really just reset my heart. Because I'd gotten so hard, man, I'd gotten really hard. I really had. I was callous, I was cold. And I'm telling you, men, if you're there, women, we're not gonna leave you out. If you're there, pray to God, say, God, I want you to just reset me. Just reset me, God. Are y'all ready for this baptism? I'll, we're gonna, how many are we baptizing? Just one, is it Donald Burnett? I saw him get up. Hunter, Hunter just had an issue the other day where he did have his appendix out. He was at the hospital. God moved in his life and healed his body. Praise Hunter, we can all see you. We can see you. Wave 